What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? It's Jordan here. I just pieced together some of these clips from our March 22nd Q&A live stream. Just did our first one to start the spring. We do them weekly throughout spring football. And then, of course, when the fall gets here during the actual football season, we'll have one every week throughout the season. But right now, we're running them for spring football. This was some select clips from our very first live stream of the spring. So, appreciate you guys tuning into this audio version where I've pieced some of these together. But hopefully next time, you'll able to tune in live and chat with us there on our next Q&A stream over on the Country Roads Webcast YouTube channel. But in the meantime, enjoy the audio version here on the podcast platforms, and we really appreciate you doing so. So with no further ado, here it is, the March 22nd Q&A live stream from the Country Roads Webcast. Mountaineer Nation, let's ride. But Don Nealon's Mountaineers enjoy walking in where angels fear to tread. Here's Harrison trouble. Stiff arms, a would-be tackler. Comes out of the 25 to 20. Goes around about at the 15 to 10 to 5. A touchdown with Virginia. He did it. to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into our first uh, Q&A live stream, I guess, of the 2023 WVU football season, you can call it. Going to do these as long as spring practice is going on, so about a month's worse, just like we do during the fall season when fall camp starts we do them every week and then of course throughout the season try and do them every week as well because of course we drop our podcast episodes but then we like these q a streams to kind of get a chance to chat with you guys and then this week now with spring practice starting we've had press conferences from both offensive coordinator chad scott defensive coordinator jordan leslie neil brown had a press conference and then even today uh country roads trust hopefully you guys got a chance to check it out dropped a uh, their first of their spring press conference videos as well. I think they had Neil Brown, Garrett Green, Nico, uh, C.J. Donaldson, and Devin Carter. So a lot of things to talk about, a lot of storylines coming out. And uh, wanted to see what you guys were thinking here heading into the spring. So, you know, drop your thoughts in the comments, of course, as always. Let us know how you're feeling heading into spring practice here for WVU. What storylines are you looking at? What position battles? What are you most excited to get a glimpse of? I know we're going to have new man under center. got a new offensive coordinator bit of a new look offense and you know a lot of new faces on both sides of the ball offensively and defensively to talk about so I'm sure we'll talk about some of that throughout and I got some uh, topics to bring up and discuss when there's not any questions going on but I see a few people in here already so be sure to drop your thoughts in here just like our friend Kenny did here what's going on Kenny good to see you man I know um, 
exactly what you mean here. It's been a while, you know, since I've done one of these Q&A streams as well. So that's one of the reasons I was excited for spring football starting, you know, getting a few weeks of practice, getting to get back to these Q&A streams to talk with you guys a little more. I've missed that now. And I know it's still a few months away from football season officially starting, but the spring kind of gets you that little bit of a taste and uh, gets you ready for it. And then you only have a couple months to wait until fall camp starts. So I always enjoy spring football as well because you get – you know, your first glimpse of your new look of your team, especially this year's West Virginia team, how different it's going to be. I think the spring's going to be uh, really fun. Excited to get up to the spring game, see what's going on there. I got some things done to make his wife and his life's a lot easier. Well, that's awesome, Kenny. I'm glad to hear that then. And hopefully see you around here for all these Q&A streams now moving forward. I always appreciate your engagement. You're always uh, coming back, and uh, we appreciate that here for sure and enjoy talking, you know, Mountaineer sports with everybody for sure. So I always enjoy talking with you too, Kenny. But having said that, while some people flutter in here, um, if you are in here live, drop a like on the video. If you're watching us on a playback, do it as well to really help us. And if you're a WVU fan, be sure and subscribe to us. We're going to have a ton of Mountaineer sports content uh, coming out here throughout the spring into the fall. Um, basketball roster is going to be shaping up. We're going to have you know content out about that. And, of course, we always have a ton of WVU football content, news updates, roster updates, recruiting updates. And then, of course, our podcast episodes as well. You can find them on our YouTube as well. So, Silas, what's going on, man? It's been a while. How's it going, man? Let's go Mountaineers. Indeed, indeed, Silas. Good to see you too, brother. Uh, excited to talk some West Virginia football, man. What's uh, What are you guys thinking here about the spring? Uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts going in, Silas? I know this team doesn't have high expectations by any means, but I think the one thing I'm excited about is there's a lot of new pieces that's going to be involved, you know, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, probably a new look offense. Uh, as Kenny says here, he hopes we're going back to an RPO offense. Kenny, I think that we uh, definitely are. I mean, I've made a video in the past, of course, that's been about a month or two ago now, talking about how I was reading the tea leaves thinking we were, and then everything they've said so far in these press conferences in the spring has all but confirmed that even – I think Chad Scott, it was his press conference, was talking about the quarterbacks, you know, making the read on their read option plays. So they certainly are doing it in some aspect. Uh, absolutely. They have two quarterbacks now that are dual threats. You know, Neil Brown mentioned that. And that's, you know, something that's got me excited about this year's team. I know, like I said, they may not have a lot of expectations, but I, for one, am excited because I love when West Virginia has a quarterback that can run behind center. Those offenses are always great. And I think they will be going to an RPO offense as far as the way I've been stating it and I think this offense is going to resemble a lot is the 2016 West Virginia offense uh, when Dana Holgerson had Skyler Howard Wendell Smallwood running all over the Big 12 I think Wendell Smallwood led the Big 12 in rushing that year Skyler Howard did a good job running the ball and they mixed RPO read option plays quarterback run plays with some you know play action deep shots as well and you know still still use the air raid uh, route tree and their passing concepts and that's kind of what I'm expecting from West Virginia this year and I think they've gotten some guys on the outside and at, at receiver that um, kind of play into that as well if they're going to you know try and use some play action and take some shots down the field uh, Devin Carter the transfer they got in from NC State I think he's a guy that can do that because he can go up and get the ball and he's fast for his size and then Davis Malinger who they just recently moved over to the offensive side we know he's one of the fastest players on the team uh, been playing defensive back you know his first a year or two here but he's out for the spring. We won't know about him until fall camp. But Jeremiah Aaron's pretty quick in his own right as well. So I think, you know, maybe in my opinion, they definitely will be using some RPO, and I'm expecting the offense to kind of look a little bit like that 2016 West Virginia offense if I'm, you know, reading the tea leaves personally. Kenny says, hope so. We've had most of our success with that offense. I agree, Kenny. That's, that's like I said, that's why one thing I'm excited about, having a dual-threat quarterback again. 
and not being as predictable in the run game. You don't know if our quarterback's going to hand it off, pull it, and then you also now can have the RPO passes off of that. So it's going to be nice. Uh, Silas says he's excited to see Nico develop. Yeah, as am I, as am I. I'm actually thinking about getting me a, a Nico jersey before the start of the season because I always try and re-up, uh, get each uh, a white one, a, a gold one, and a blue one, possibly even a gray one now since they've been having the grays as well. I like those, but I try and get one, uh, you know, and get four different players that are playing, you know, that season. So all the ones that I've had, you know, for the past couple seasons all moved on. I had a Sam James, a Dante Stills, Darius Stills. So I need to get some new ones and re-up. I'm considering Nico as one of those options, but I digress on that. But speaking of Nico, uh, personally, I think he's going to be the starting quarterback this season. I know they're saying it's going to be a battle and they're not going to name anyone until fall camp. I know there's been reports about Nico. So, you know, maybe those being what they may, but I think just personally, I think that that's who I'm expecting. They, you know, didn't bring Nico in here to not start him. You know, as high regarded as recruit as he was, if he's ready to go, I believe it'll be Nico. So I'm, I'm excited as well. We haven't had a guy that's that highly regarded in a long time. And you know, either way, if it's Nico or Garrett, we're gonna have a quarterback starting behind center. That's a high school recruit. I'm super excited about that. It's been a long time since we've had that as well. The last one, you know, officially I think was Paul Millard because I believe he started that 2013 season. He began as a starter in that game against William and Mary. I think is who we played, but you know, really Geno Smith because that was the last extensive starter. If you're not counting Paul Millard and Ford Childress got a starter too that season as well. Uh, so it's been over a decade now, really, you know, or at least a decade since West Virginia started a high school recruit at quarterback. So uh, it's going to be interesting whether it's Nico or Garrett. But I'm excited about both their dual threat capabilities. If you had to, if I had to pick one right now, I'm going Nico personally. Kenny Evans agrees. He says he can't wait. Bring on Nico. He will be awesome. Yahoo. I, I agree, Kenny. I think so too, man. I'm I'm really excited about Nico. And, you know, you saw it even in that game against Oklahoma State. He didn't do a lot stat-wise, but he does what I expect Nico to do. I think he's a winner. You know, he's a gamer. He's going to get in there and he's going to find ways to get you wins. Um, and, you know, speaking of the 2016 offense, uh, you know, Skylar Howard's a guy. I know he's taken a lot of heat from the fan base in the past. I've personally always been a fan of him. He's probably my all-time favorite player. I know that's probably a controversial statement to some, but I love that guy's heart and his grit, and I loved him, you know, the whole time he was here. But that's one thing he found ways to do is win games, and sometimes you get guys that are just gamers, have a little bit of it factor to them, and they're winners. And I think the one thing I've seen from Nico is that he has that will to win and has, you know, the grit and the ability and the IQ to be able to find the way to win. And uh, you can look at that, you know, back in high school, we had that one game where they were down big on national TV against Bishop Gorman, let him on the comeback, uh, you know, threw up on the ball through the game, went in TD, got the two point conversion, got him the big win there on national television. And, you know, I'm sure he did that throughout his high school career. That's just the one game that we really got to watch nationally here on the east side, you know, with him being over on the west coast coming from Arizona. So I think, you know, looking at that in high school and then looking last season when he got a chance to get in in the two or three games that he did, specifically the Oklahoma State game, he really helped West Virginia get that victory and seal it there in the second half after Garrett Green put us ahead in the first half with that long, nice touchdown run. So, you know, I'm not ruling out seeing both those guys play as well. I think if it is Nico, like I ultimately believe it will be, um, I wouldn't be surprised to still have some packages for Garrett Green. I think he's a guy they want to try and keep involved in the offense in at least some capacity so they can try and keep him around because you don't really want to – and I also think that's why I know where I'm saying that they're going to extend the 
uh, decision until fall camp because you don't really want to pick a guy here in spring because we know the next transfer portal window opens up in May after spring ball. That's when some guys are liable to transfer out, hit the portal before, you know, uh, get into another program before summer and fall camp. So you don't want to name a starter and risk losing one of those guys this season because you really don't want to run with a first-time starter. And then the only people you got behind him is a true freshman and Sean Boyle and then all preferred walk-ons other than that because the only three scholarship quarterbacks West Virginia has on the roster are Nico Markey, old Garrett Green, and uh, the true freshman Sean Boyle who enrolled early um, here for the spring. So it's definitely going to be interesting, but I'm, I've got a lot of uh, hope for Nico as well. So I'm, I'm excited about that one. Eric says, Skyler, last great win season we had. Yeah, last, you know, arguably our best season in the Big 12. You could argue the Will Greer year because they were right there on the cusp of the Big 12 championship game if they could have beat Oklahoma State, who they were up big on at the half, or then or Oklahoma. We know that battle back and forth. And if it wasn't for a blocking out of bounds penalty against T.J. Simmons, they'd have probably still went to the Big 12 title game and had to turn around and play them again the next week, I believe. But, um, yeah, arguably that 2016 season is still the best uh, season we've had in the Big 12 because it's the only 10-win season that we've had. I know people like to make the argument of uh, they lost the bigger games in that season. And, um, yeah, I mean, they did. I can't argue against that. But the thing is it is still the only 10-win season uh, that we've had, you know, in the past, what, decade at least. So, yeah, and the only one we've had in the Big 12. So I'm hoping to see us get back to that sooner or later. But, yeah, Skyler, you know, you'll get no hate from Skyler from me. I'm a huge Skyler Howard fan. He's certainly one of the jerseys hanging in the closet that I've got. And like I said, it's arguable, you know, Pat White's hard to top, but as far as favorite players that I just really enjoyed watching and really enjoyed their attitude, the way they took on the game and everything was certainly Skylar Howard for me just because everyone was on wave crest. No one really wanted to see Skylar, you know, as the starter. And then they still rode him when he was in there. And, you know, every little thing people nitpicked, it seemed, because they were expecting William Crest and didn't want this uh, Juco quarterback that came in that they didn't really know a lot about leading the program. But then, you know, he led us to that 10-win season, and we started off 6-0, and and I was so happy for him because he was a guy that was under-recruited from Texas, didn't get recruited by any of those Texas schools. And the one thing I will say about him is that year in 2016, uh, not only was it a 10-win season, but he beat every single one of those Texas schools. I remember we beat Tex we beat Texas, TCU, Baylor, all of them. We owned Texas that season, and I'm sure that meant a lot to him coming from Texas. And I just loved, you know, the grit. He used to say he didn't just have a chip on his shoulder. He had a potato on his shoulder. And so I just love that guy's heart. You know, that's why he's one of my all-time favorites, and I'll defend him till the end. But, of course, I just got off on a tangent about that. But, you know, that's what this Q&A stream is for. You never know what's going to come up. I uh, appreciate the comments, everyone. Chad Atkins, what's going on, man? Good to see you in here. Always appreciate your comments and everything. You're a great Mountaineer fan. Always got some excellent analysis and insight. Uh, you really do know what you're talking about, and I appreciate you chiming in. He says, uh, do I think we can see some two tight end sets to help the run game and more underneath routes by the wide receivers to help the young and experienced wide receivers we have? Yeah, I really do. I really think um, – you know, a lot of people are complaining that we don't have enough wide receivers. You've heard Neil Brown mention that um, that's due to, you know, the transfer portal. Now you don't want to keep, you know, 15 receivers on your roster because a lot of them are going to move out. You know, you want to keep five to eight to the more you can keep happy in the room. And he also mentioned, you know, if you got too many in the room and they're unhappy, then that creates a problem in the locker room. You get, you know, one of those energy vampires, as I like to call them. But I think with the offense West Virginia is running this season, they've got a lot of good running backs. So there's been talk about maybe getting two running backs on the field at the same time. So, of course, that eliminates another receiver off the field. And like you said, some two tight end sets. I certainly could see that with a sad and cold Taylor because I know Traylon Davis is ready to play. He played last season. Going to be even better this season as he comes into his own i wouldn't uh 
rule out seeing Victor Wickstrom uh, get onto the field this season. Finally, he's an athletic guy. And then, you know, there's plenty of bodies at the tight end position. And then West Virginia has some fullback bodies as well. Um, Colin McBee's a preferred walk-on. They've mentioned that's had a great offseason. And then they just brought in a transfer in Luke Hamilton, who was an All-American at the FCS level, as a fullback. So I wouldn't rule out us seeing, you know, some two tight end sets, you know, some 20 personnel, or even, you know, getting two backs on the field, whether it be, you know, two of our running backs as we have that deep running back room or a running back and either Luke Hamilton or Colin McBee. And if we're doing that, then we're only going to need to have, you know, two to three wide receivers on the field at any given time in a lot of the sets that I think we're going to be running because I do expect to see heavier sets Chad I think that's going to help our run game it's going to help us in those short yard situations if we can have you know a fullback in the backfield and two tight ends on the line going to make that a lot easier with Cole Taylor Traylon Davis and Luke Hamilton leading a huge C.J. Donaldson on them short yarded situations for one. So I think that's going to help the run game in that aspect. And then also you can present those heavy sets for your play action deep shots with those speedy receivers I was talking about earlier. But as far as underneath routes to help the wide receivers, I certainly think you'll see that, especially early on in the season, early on in games. Going out there, first game of the season, Happy Valley playing Penn State on the road. You're going to want to get your first-time starter, whoever it is, Nico Garrett, Going to want to get them some confidence. I'm certainly expecting, you know, and I hate some some fans are probably going to hate to hear this word, but some screen passes to start the game probably. Definitely some uh, drag routes, things like that. So I uh, certainly think that's going to be a big part of the offense. Uh, you're going to have to do some different things to help the teams not load the box because as much as we know we're going to be relying on the run, our opponents are going to know that as well. So we're going to have to either be able to hit those deep shots or hit on some screen plays on the perimeter to, uh, to relieve them and get some of those defenders out of the box, get them extra hats out of the box to help our run game uh, down the line. So I um, certainly agree with that, Chad. Great question, man. Um, Kenny says, looking forward to seeing Malinger go to receiver. Man, you don't understand how excited I was when that news broke. And I think I was excited, more excited than a lot of people just because um, – I still play, you know, college football, the NCAA football 14 on the Xbox 360. I've been playing it pretty much ever since it came out. I just recently bought a PS5 just specifically for when the new college football game comes out because it was supposed to release this year in July. They've pushed it to July 2024. But I've uh, still been playing the NCAA football 14 game, and they update the rosters every year. So every year um, since Davis Manager came in, which I think was about two years ago, I believe it was 2019 or 2020 class that he came in, if I'm not mistaken. But – Either way, I digress on that. On my dynasty on there in the offseason, you can do position changes. And um, I would, in the offseason, every time I would play, I would move him from safety where he was at to wide receiver to get his speed over on that side. And when I played with him on those games at wide receiver, man, he was burning everybody. I was killing the deep routes. So personally, having made this move already in the past, it was almost like a wish for fulfillment thing for me to see them do it in uh, here now in real life. And Neil Brown announced that. Uh, certainly that was the thing that really had me the most excited out of his press conference. And I think it could be a good move. We'll see what happens. Like I said, he definitely has more experience as a wide receiver. It's what he played in high school. And he's a really a burner. Um, you know, we've lacked explosiveness at that position in quite some time. Um, I think the last guy that we had that really took the top off the defense or really the only guy in the Neil Brown era, um, you could argue Sam James in 2019 had some games where he really stood out. He led us in receiving that year, had a great freshman season. But I think George Campbell was the last one I would call a deep threat and the only one that we've really had in the Neil Brown era. 
that year in 2019. I think he had like 19 catches and seven of them were touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. And it, on those 19 catches, he had nearly 500 yards and only 19 catches that season. So just showing how much they were targeting him deep. I know he had a couple plays that were at least 80 yards on the season. And I think the comparison to him that um, I've heard is Devin Carter, the wide receiver we just brought in from NC State, could be the truest deep threat we've had since George Campbell. So, you know, with Devin Carter, able to take the top off the defense and then Davis Mallinger once he's healthy. Like I said, don't expect to see him in the spring. He probably won't be healthy until the summer. Uh, but I'm super excited about that one, Kenny. Definitely I had to get off of my tangent about that one because, like I said, I've been doing that move on NCAA for a while now. Mikey says, let's go Clemson. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I like I said, any any college football fans are welcome. I'll try and touch on a little bit of whatever in these uh, Q&A streams for sure. So, And uh, I know I follow some other teams' channels and stuff. And, of course, me and you have been friends a long time, so I know you've always loved Clemson. You know, even back before they were any good, you loved Clemson. So, uh, you know, I can't nobody can accuse you of being a bandwagon for them. So um, I was happy when they won the national title for you uh, that year that they did. So at least definitely, but I glad to see you in here, man. Appreciate you. Uh, hopping in, Mike. Kenny says wheel routes too. Uh, certainly you got to think that's going to be something uh, that they try and do. The only thing is it just depends on how the offensive line is with their pass protection. Certainly think they're going to continue to be improved. This offensive line is going to be one of the most experienced in the conference and maybe one of the most experienced offensive lines in the country. Last year, I think they showed how good they were in run blocking. I think the pass protection was questionable at times. I think a lot of that was maybe the things we were trying to do, some of them slower developing plays. So in order to do the wheel routes, they're kind of a little bit more long developing as well. Um, just depends on how much the offensive line has improved in pass protection and how much we're able to utilize the wheel routes. But I certainly think we got – the players with the potential to have success on those wheel routes just depends on if everything uh, goes according to plan to be able to pull it off, I think, Kenny. Silas 360, nice. That's the last console I bought, too. I have one of the old NCAA games, too. Hey, man, they're still great. I don't know if you got, uh, if you're on Xbox or uh, play. Oh, yeah, you said 360. Yeah, I mean, if you're online, they still got on online dynasties. Like I said, they still update the roster. You can download. Uh, I don't know if they got the 2023 one out yet, but they certainly got last year's 2022. I've been playing it um i think i stopped playing it like maybe for a year i think maybe like 2016 2017 i didn't play it much uh because i'll just continue to play it offline myself after they um you know after about 2014 or whatever year it was that it came out and then about 2018 i learned that people were still having online dynasties and stuff so that's when i stopped hopped on and you know started playing it pretty much religiously again i had the xbox one at the time but uh, once I started playing that in the online dynasties, I didn't play that for about a year. Sold the Xbox One back in uh, 2019, I believe. And I, the 360 is the only console I'd had until then. And then back in December, my fiance uh, got me a, a PlayStation 5 as a surprise on Christmas. So uh, that was awesome and because uh, she knew I'd wanted it uh, for this upcoming year when college, I thought college football was supposed to come out. Uh, but it's not they pushed it back a year so it's coming out july 2024 but yeah definitely i'm going to be on there i love those college football video games it's my favorite video game ever like once it comes out that's probably the only game i'll be playing until the next one releases in the next year it's just i, I can play it nonstop. i don't ever really get tired of college football i've been playing madden right now in the meantime on the playstation 5 and it's just it's not not quite the same i'm, I'm ready for the college football to come back eric says backfield should be strong and also uh, some speed on the receivers. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what this team can do in the run game. We have a really deep backfield. We know that there's a lot of talent there. I'm just, you know, got my fingers crossed. We're able to keep most of them around following spring. 
Um, you know, Jalen Anderson and C.J. Donaldson are personally my two favorites, but Justin Johnson and Tony Mathis are certainly no slouch in their own right. But my dark horse for the year is Jaheim White. He enrolled early. He's here for the spring. I think he gives us speed that we haven't had in the backfield in quite some time. We haven't really had that home run threat in a long time, that Noel Devine, Tavon Austin, Steve Slayton type of player. And I can make those comparisons because if you go watch the sign-in day uh, video live stream that you know WVU football did, Jed Drenning made that comparison. He compared Jaheim White to Steve Slayton. Very similar size, both about 5'10", 180, 190 coming in. And uh, similarly recruited three-star players. And I really like Jaheim White. I think despite the fact that he's a true freshman and despite the fact that we know we have a loaded backfield, I think Jaheim White's going to make some noise this year. I expect to see him on the field. And as far as speed at receiver, absolutely. Uh, Devin Carter, I think, is, is fast and uh, tall, can go up and get the ball. Uh, Jeremiah Aaron, I think, is really going to come into his own. We've seen those Juco players. In the second season around is really once they, you know, start coming into their own. So he's going to be – I think a little bit the game's going to slow down a little bit more for him this year. You know, last year he's probably still adjusting because I think well, he's got some speed that we haven't really fully seen yet, despite how quick he looked at times last season. And then Davis Mellinger, like I said, once he's healthy, now that he's at receiver, I'm super excited to see what he can do. I hope that uh, he can maybe provide some explosiveness for us there. I'm uh, certainly going to be intrigued by that one. I think, you know, last offseason the storyline, there was a position move of C.J. Donaldson, of course, from what we thought was going to be tight end to running back, and we saw how that turned out. I'm hoping that, you know, fingers crossed, Davis Mellinger can follow a similar path because I think that is going to be kind of the story of the offseason here. Mikey says 70-33, y'all still got us. Yeah, that's the only thing that we can ever say to to Clemson people, but usually they're just like, we appreciate it because that allowed y'all to fire, uh, what was his name, Kevin Steele, I think, and then bring in Brent Venables and, of course, the rest is history. Two national titles later, right? So, uh, but we'll take the we'll take the win for sure because uh, you know BCS era was ending. West Virginia, I think, is the only team, if I'm not mistaken, to go undefeated in BCS bowls, three and zero. So I was super excited to see us win that one and get one more before that era ended. Unfortunately, that's the last big bowl victory we've really had. <laughs> so you know it is what it is. Uh, and we can hold on to that, Mike. But since then, we've been going completely opposite uh, directions. Give me one second, guys. I appreciate y'all's engagement in here. Been great so far. Haven't even had to pull up any of the news topics I got. But like I said, we'll get to those here in a minute. And But you guys definitely continue to drop your thoughts on the WVU football spring, your questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to talk about there. Even if it's not WVU football related, like you said, whatever you're related. If you're a fan of another team, anything, um, like to just talk with you guys. But I got to take a drink of this coffee real quick. My throat's Extremely dry right now. Uh, Chad Atkins says he also sees the FCS kid use the H-back. He has good speed, but I watched film, and this guy has great hands and can block. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that right now they don't really – because they haven't really ever used fullbacks. I don't even know if – because the only fullback bodies they've really had are, you know, that Colin McBee, who was a preferred walk-on, I think, last year was his first year here, if I'm not mistaken. And then bringing in Luke Hamilton now, they're the only type fullback-type bodies that they have. Everyone else is more – tight end build and so they just kind of have them in the tight end room but I agree with you I certainly see them using him more in an H-back type role as well and you know maybe using them kind of interchangeably but the thing that I like about it is getting able to have both of those on the field you can have a guy in the backfield and still have two tight ends attached with you when you have those tight end bodies that we got in uh, you know Victor Wickstrom, Traylon Davis, Cole Taylor and then you got the couple fullback bodies with Hamilton and and McBee but I certainly think they have a plan for Luke Hamilton um, when they go out and get him like they did. I know he's only coming in as a preferred walk-on, but he was an FCS All-American. I think he's certainly uh, going to see the field a lot. 
And the one thing about, you know, having the threat that we have with the RPOs and the quarterback being able to pull it, like I said, on those RPOs, don't don't discount the fullback and the tight end sneaking out in the flat for those little, you know, quick peak passes, pop passes. And like you said, Luke Hamilton's certainly a candidate for that. If you're running the read option and having success with it, he's blocking for it all game. All of a sudden you slip him out in the flat catches it real quick and you know no one's around he can pick up 30 yards you know you see that happen all the time so I, I love the fact that West Virginia you know has brought in a different type of player than we've had you know recently I can't remember the last time West Virginia you know really used you know a player in that way really I guess maybe Trevon Wesco they kind of split him or used him all around you know I guess he was more of a tight end but they certainly used him as a fullback at times I think even the Jets moved him to fullback if I'm not mistaken in the NFL um could you imagine him and Mallinger on the field at the same time? It'd be nice. It'd be nice. You know, we'll see. Hopefully Mallinger can move up the depth chart. I think that, you know, West Virginia doesn't have a lot of receivers, but I think they've got quality in the ones that they do have because, you know, if you're talking scholarship guys, you got Devin Carter, Jeremiah Aaron, Cortez Braham, now Davis Mallinger, and, of course, now on scholarship as well, Preston Fox and Grayson Malashevich, but they're former preferred walk-ons. And then you also heard Neil Brown mention Hudson Clement, you know, in his press conference as well, uh, the former preferred walk-on. I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see him earn a scholarship possibly in the future as well. So uh, there's definitely some quality guys there, I think, on the field and more speed than we've had in recent years, I think, personally. Kenny said he would like to see Stephen Bailey get the receivers coach. I know I've heard a lot of people mention that. I know he was on as a grad assistant in the past and, He's expressed an interest in getting in and coaching. So, you know, if it ever comes open again, I wouldn't mind to see him there as well. He was certainly one of my favorites. I'm hoping Bilal Marshall does a great job this year, though. Um, I've heard he's been doing a great job working with him this offseason. I think Neil Brown mentioned he's kind of made it a competition of who can catch the most passes this offseason out of the wide receiver room. So, certainly they're working on the drop issue they've had in the past. But let me see if I can pull up uh, this news story. Um, I had an article pulled up here which just kind of detailed the injuries this spring, uh, heading into spring ball. Wanted to detail that in case you guys hadn't heard yet of the players that will kind of be limited or out this spring. Uh, continue to drop your all's thoughts, comments, questions there as always. Of course, I'll catch up on those momentarily. But what I wanted to focus on was the injury notes here. Uh, Mallinger, like I said, I think it's the one that's got here, if I can get it to stay where I want it to. Uh, Mallinger will not participate in spring practice as he continues to recover from the injury. They ended his season in 2022. Uh, also on offense, Zach Frazier will be restricted during spring practices. Brown said he expects about all of these players to be fully ready to go, full participants by summer workouts in June. So by the time fall camp rolls around, um, you know, fingers crossed regarding as long as there's no more future injuries here in the spring, uh, West Virginia should be fully healthy heading into fall camp, hopefully. We'll see what happens there. Definitely wanted to update that a little bit here. WV Fan 23, what's going on, man? I hadn't seen you in a while. Um, glad to get these Q&A live streams back up going. Like I said, this is the first one of spring. going to do one a week as long as uh, spring's going on, probably culminating with our uh, post-game live reaction to the spring game. Probably be doing that from Morgantown, planning to go up for the spring game. So, uh, certainly. Yeah, Rodney Gallagher, can't forget about Rodney Gallagher. He's going to contribute right away this season. Um, hopefully he will be a big-time playmaker. I agree. I think he has that capability. I uh, just haven't really mentioned just because uh, not here yet. He didn't enroll early, so he won't be here until the summer either um, and involved in fall camp. But, yeah, he's got speed as well, and he's got uh, what he's got is a lot of quick twitch as well. He can really make people miss, you know, as we were talking earlier about uh, screen passes and 
uh, throws underneath. That's certainly a guy I think that we're going to be looking to in that area. I expect him to fully be uh, West Virginia's starting slot receiver this season personally. Uh, just not here for the spring yet. Uh, I'm going to share the uh, spring roster, um, you know, just with the scholarship players so you won't see guys like Hudson Clement on there. I preferred walk-ons and stuff. I'm sure you guys have seen the roster updates I've been doing throughout the offseason, but I'll share – uh, that here in a minute, just uh, kind of update you guys on what the roster looks like right now uh, in spring and kind of talk about that a little bit uh, momentarily. But yeah, Rodney Gallagher certainly I think is going to be a playmaker for this team this season. And despite the fact that he's a true freshman, he's one of the highest rated recruits we've brought in to WVU. I believe he's the highest rated in the Neil Brown era, if I'm not mistaken. Um, top 10 all-time highest recruit in WVU football history. So a uh, lot of expectations for him. Um, hopefully it's not too much for him, but I think that he's going to be counted on in his true freshman season a lot more than some of the other highly regarded guys we've seen in the past. Like, think about Noel Devine. He kind of got to work in his freshman season uh, behind Steve Slayton, played sparingly. Even Tavon Austin, his true freshman season, was mainly just featured as a kick returner, made a few uh, plays in the on, in the receiving game. I think I can think of one or two big, long touchdowns. But for the most part, he was more of a role player and just, you know, like I said, used as utility player on kickoff. I can think of the – uh, game against Connecticut, he ran the back of the opening kickoff. But I think Rodney Gallagher is going to be relied on a little bit more. I expect him to be a starter at receiver for this team. I would not be surprised um, about that as well. But I, I, even if he doesn't, you know, listed as a starter on the depth chart, they're going to have packages. He's going to be involved. I think Chad Scott in his press conference even mentioned that. They certainly have a plan uh, to get Rodney Gallagher involved. Uh, James Blankenship asks the same as well. So hopefully that uh, covered that question as well. James, appreciate you uh, – Hopping in and chiming in as well. Yeah, I figured as much. My internet, you guys know how it is uh, uh, with when when I'm live. But uh, the good thing about it is I've got the audio recording, and I record that locally. So it'll be clear. Um, I'm going to upload the audio version of this up to the podcast side. So, you know, anything you miss here, whether you didn't get a chance to tune into it live or if you're watching it on a playback. And like I said, my internet can be shitty at times, so – uh, sometimes I do cut in and out a little bit, but um, if the audio is not clean and you got to hop out at any chance or you want to hear the playback um, where the audio will for sure be clear, um, you can check it out on the podcast side. I'm going to try and have that uploaded at some point tomorrow, probably uh, just the playback of this, just the audio only version. But uh, Kenny says if Rodney Geller gets the speed of offense, speed and timing, he can see it. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, – I think he's going to be a player, man. I think right away he's going to surprise and turn some heads, even as a true freshman. Luke Bart, what's going on, brother? Good to see you in here, man. As always, let's go. Let's go Mountaineers indeed. Let's go Mountaineers indeed. Let me see if I can pull up uh, this offseason roster as I've been trying to update it going through. Let's talk about the roster a little bit, guys. But continue. Drop your thoughts uh, thoughts in the comments there, your questions, anything you're thinking there heading into spring ball. What are you most excited to see this spring um, are you looking forward to the spring game? Are you going to attend? You know, I always try to. I know a lot of people don't enjoy it, but personally for me, I mean, it's only $10, and I live down in Mercer County, so I, I travel three and a half hours just to go to the spring game, you know, every year that I can. You know, I was in Florida for a few years, didn't get to go then, so every year since I've been back, been trying to go. But uh, definitely going to try and get up here this, uh, this year. It's a month from today, actually, so – Get our first look at this new look offense, uh, Nico, Garrett Green, etc. So I'm I'm a little bit excited about it this year. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I know coach on the hot seat and stuff. Some people probably aren't, but I, I'm going to like our style of offense and everything. So uh, 
I'm, I'm a little bit excited to see what's what's going on this spring. And I think Neil Brown's supposedly giving uh, Chad Scott a chance to call some plays this spring as well. So hopefully we'll see how that works out. Maybe, maybe, just maybe Neil Brown will let him call the plays. Uh, just one second, guys. I'm uh, sharing the screen and we'll talk about the roster. Like I said, this is only the spring roster, so some of the incoming freshmen and recruits you won't see on here, only the early enrollees, um, which actually, as a matter of fact, let me uh, share the early enrollees list with you guys so you guys know which freshmen are on uh, campus here for the spring, and then I'll uh, run through the roster. I think I got this early in enrollees uh, list as well. Let me see. All right, guys. So as far as the freshmen, the incoming recruits that are here for spring football, now that spring practice has started, uh, apologies if that if my mic's picking up my dog barking there outside my office. Uh, I don't know if uh, it is or not, but uh, he'll stop momentarily once my fiance comes in. I'm sure that's probably what it is. He usually barks, but it could be anything. He barks at any car driving by or, or per person walking by the window. It's hard to tell, but anyway. I digress on that. The early enrollees that are here for spring football for West Virginia, like I said, quarterback Sean Boyle, uh, the third scholarship quarterback on the roster. He's here early. Jaheim White, who I talked about a little bit earlier, running back that I'm super excited about. Probably my favorite recruit in the class outside of Rodney Gallagher. Um, then Torrey Johnson Jr., uh, like I said, the son of uh, former Mountaineer Torrey Johnson, played in the early 2000s running back for West Virginia. Uh, TJ, though, is a wide receiver uh, slash tight end. I actually think they might have him listed as a tight end on the official roster. Don't quote me on that, but uh, I think they said that, you know, he could play either or. They're thinking he's going to grow into a tight end. We'll see where he ends up this year. Johnny Williams, very big offensive lineman. I believe he's, what, 6'8", 315, if I'm not mistaken, already coming in as a true freshman. Um He's on campus for the spring. James Hurd, who I think, you know, Neil Brown mentioned it, that they believe he is potentially the best pass rusher, you know, pure pass rusher that they've brought in since they've been at West Virginia. I expect to see him on the field a lot this season. I don't think he's going to start or anything. You still got Jared Bartlett there at Bandit. But I think there will be packages for James Hurd. And particularly in pass rush situations, I think he's going to get on the field almost a lot like Bruce Irvin when he came in his first year from JUCO as just a pass rush specialist in that first season before, you know, becoming a full-time starter in his second season. But in his first season playing only on third downs, I believe he was second or third in the nation in sacks. I don't know if James Hurd's going to have that type of impact as a true freshman, but I think he's got great capability to really come in and play a lot. And then the two linebackers, Ben Cutter and Josiah Trotter, both on campus. And I think it's very good for West Virginia that they got on campus early here and rolled early and are uh, going to participate in spring practice because uh, they mentioned both of those guys. I think um, it was Jordan Leslie in his press conference mentioned that both Ben Cutter and Josiah Trotter are probably going to play this season. I believe they're working Ben Cutter at the wheel linebacker position and Josiah Trotter um, at the Mike linebacker position. Um, he's going to be the Mike of the future after Lee Coba moves on, certainly. He might play a little bit of both right now as he's going to be playing more of a reserve role, but I think both those guys will play right away. A lot of these freshmen West Virginia brought in this season are probably going to get some playing time this season. And then at corner, Josiah Jackson, one of the two Jackson uh, brothers that West Virginia brought in the recruiting class, enrolled early as well, so you get another body in the defensive backfield, which West Virginia may still add to as well. Like I said, they still got a few spots to add transfers. Following the spring, going to have that transfer portal window open up there at the start of May, as we know for sure. So those are the early enrollees. If you're wondering which freshmen are on campus for the spring, like I said, I haven't mentioned Rodney Gallagher because he's not on campus yet, but he will be um, here in the summer, be there for the fall for sure. Let me catch up with your guys' comments, then I'll run through 
the roster um, as a whole in general, talk about it a little bit and uh, before we get out of here. I won't keep you guys too, too long tonight. Like I said, I know it's a weeknight. People probably got to work tomorrow and such, but hopefully I'm not cutting in and out too much here. Like I said, as I'm going live, uh, as Silas says, West Virginia Internet, we get it. Yeah, I got uh, Optimum, formerly known as uh, Suddenlink, down here in Mercer County, and man, it's a doozy, but that's about the best I can get right now. Uh, they're supposed to be going fiber optics soon, so hopefully I can get mine changed. Maybe that improves it. Um, I'm certainly uh, resorting to all options I have, you know, in the past. It's Believe it or not, it's better than it used to be due to the fact that my router is actually in here now. I'm hardwired into it. It's literally right here. That's what that Country Roads webcast block sitting on. That's below the cal- uh, calendar is the router. So um, I'm, you know, hardwired in. So it's literally the best I can do. I've upgraded to the best package they have. Uh, as soon as they get the fiber optic, we're going to try and get it. So hopefully it improves. But, yeah, West Virginia Internet, I'm sure you all know. Um, like I said, shitty. <laughs> um, Eric says somebody out there needs to offer CRW a cutting edge internet promo as well as his coffee. Come on. Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be some local West Virginia coffee company out there that wants to sponsor the country roads webcast, right? You would think so as much as I'm drinking coffee on the show, um, internet would be great if I could get someone to sponsor and then maybe they give me some improved service. That would be fantastic, but absolutely sponsorship opportunities always welcome still, um, on the search for those country roads webcast at gmail.com holler at us <laughs> luke bart says sounds like the players are really buying into chad scott good to see you. i'm excited too man can't wait yeah luke i'm really excited about that a uh, funny story about chad scott uh, completely random it was literally i think mere days i know it was less than a week before they announced him as offensive coordinator i'm at the sheets here in princeton um probably ordering food or something. I don't remember. It, was, it wasn't late. It was about, you know, middle of the day. Um, but it was during the time that the uh, coaches and everyone was on winter break. It was right either before or after Christmas. Can't remember right off off the top of my head. But I'm in sheets, and I'm looking, and I, and I see someone that looks familiar, but I can't place him. I'm like, I swear I know that guy from somewhere. Um, you know, I'm walking around the store. See him again. We make eye contact, and – it's, it's almost like he's looking at me like, I think this guy recognizes me or something, almost like he's expecting me to talk to him. Couldn't place him. Anyways, we go our separate ways. I see him walk outside with his family, and then I do what I'm doing, and I walk outside. And by the time I get to the car and talk to my fiance, it hits me in my head. I'm like, I think that was Chad Scott, you know, West Virginia's running backs coach. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, I think that was Chad Scott in sheets. And um, I'm like, I swear. And I, I pull up a picture on my phone, and I'm like, that's definitely that definitely was him and uh so I, I go on to my twitter uh you know there at cruise control wv on twitter and i tweet out i swear i just saw you know chad scott at sheets in princeton um if i did you know I, i'm regretting it now not getting a chance to talk to you know my favorite assistant coach on the west virginia staff because you know i've mentioned for you know the whole all of last season that that was the case and lo and behold of course he liked the tweet so it definitely was chad scott hate the fact that i didn't get a chance to speak to him but uh Coach Scott, if you ever see this, I uh, saw you at Princeton Sheets, and I regret not speaking to you, but I'm certainly excited you got named offensive coordinator a few days later, and I'm uh, hoping you get a chance to call the plays and we see what you can do this year. I certainly agree with you, Luke. The, Luke, the players seem to really love him. They love his energy. They're really bought into him. And personally, I love his energy, his attitude as well. He's up 5, 6 in the morning every morning, putting a great quote on Twitter. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you need to. He does some uh, great quotes on there, but. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that they're bought in. 
And like I said, it's going to be interesting to see if he gets a chance to call the plays or not. Um, hopefully he does. I know he's never had a chance to do that. So um, who knows if Neil Brown's going to fully give him the reins. But I know Neil Brown mentioned he's going to get a chance this spring, almost like an audition period, if you will. So hopefully it works out good for him. Because like I said, he's been my favorite assistant coach on the staff. And I was excited if we were promoting from within. I know that's not what a lot of people wanted. And a lot of people think that we resorted to that as a last resort, you know, Whatever argument you want to make there, I think Chad Scott's certainly the best case you can have if you're doing an in-house move, and I think it could pay dividends. The run game's been good. We're going more run-heavy this year, and uh, Chad Scott's been a big reason and a big part of that, and the running backs have been good in the Neil Brown era as a whole. That's the one thing you can say, so I'm excited about it for sure. Need some Starlink. Time to call up Elon. Silas says, yeah, I need to get up uh, with Mr. Musk. You know, we're close. <laughs> I wish, but yeah, I don't know. Has anybody ever tried that Starlink? Is, is it any good? I don't know. I don't know if it is or not, but certainly I know. Uh, what is it? Xfinity. They're in Bluefield, but they're not in Princeton yet. They're supposed to be in Princeton soon. And of course, that's supposed to be fiber optics, supposed to be better. But then I've heard terrible uh reviews about that from people that have it in Bluefield. So I'm like, maybe I should just stick with Optimum and hopefully when they get fiber optic, it at least makes mine a little better. I don't know, but we'll ride it out. The good thing is at least on my pre-recordeds, I can try and move my audio to match my words to my lips. It's a lost cause in these live streams. I know it's probably annoying, but um, at least hopefully I'm not choppy all the time. I know sometimes it can get that way, but like I said, I've got it recording locally and I'm planning to put it up. Uh, up on the podcast side as well. So hopefully you guys are subscribed to the Country Roads webcast on the podcast side as well. Any podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, on Spotify as well. Subscribe to it. Get the episodes right in your phone. You can listen to them. It's where we put all our long-form episodes. Because as you all know, originally started off as a podcast, just started doing this YouTube side of things about a year ago, but really enjoy it, especially these Q&A streams where I get to interact and talk with you guys, uh, kind of gauge what Mountaineer Nation is feeling and stuff like that, and just really try and grow the Country Roads webcast community. That's what we're trying to do here, guys. So definitely, like I said earlier, if you're in here, one of the ways you can help us free to you and easy is just hitting the like button on the video. I know it's crazy, but it really helps with the YouTube algorithm. And if you're a WVU fan, be sure and subscribe. We're getting close to that 1K. That's our goal. We'd love to hit it before the season starts um, in the fall. Love to get to 1,000 subscribers. So certainly subscribe if you haven't already. James Blankenship says, excited to see the incoming defensive players heard, cutter, etc. cetera. Um, me too, James. Me too. I think that uh, – West Virginia, you know, a lot of people are down because we've lost a lot and and our defense wasn't great last season to begin with. It really took a step back compared to what it had been the two years before. And a lot of the players that we brought in, people aren't excited about because some of them are from a lower level. And the players we brought in last season from a lower level weren't that great. But I think that we've done a bit better of a job this season. I'm excited about Hurd, Cutter, Trotter, the freshman. But I'm also excited about Montre Miller the defensive back we're bringing in. I think that he's going to be good corner for us. Um, I think that we're bringing, we've brought in some good players that are going to help us. Uh, Day Day, uh, excuse me, Day Day Hawkins from uh, Tennessee State flew under the radar as well. A lot of people were down on that one, but I think he could help us situationally on the defensive line as well. Speaking of uh, some of those uh, new players, let me pull up the roster here um, with you guys. Let's run through real quick. 
what West Virginia spring roster is looking like scholarship players wise. Like I said, some of the preferred walk-ins aren't on this list. And some of those I think have a good chance to contribute. West Virginia just brought in Tyler Kane, a linebacker from Navy, I think could contribute to the linebacker core. We mentioned Luke Hamilton earlier at fullbacks, preferred walk-on that I think could contribute this season. Hudson Clement, preferred walk-on receiver that could potentially get some playing time. Dylan Ray, a preferred walk-on offensive lineman, I think is going to be potentially even a second stringer for West Virginia this season. Um, he's got a chance to be in the rotation on the offensive line, but won't see those guys on this list. Like I said, I'm only trying to keep track of the scholarship players, just make it easier um, on me when I'm trying to track the roster throughout the offseason. But right now, these are the players that are officially on campus, enrolled on the university's official roster and participating in spring practice. If they're not injured but ran down those injuries earlier, I'd go back, check that out if you're wondering if any of these guys are out. The quarterbacks, as I mentioned, we know Garrett, Nico, and the true freshman Sean Boyle. Um, Garrett and Nico going to battle until fall camp, as we know. Personally, I think it's Nico's job to lose. Running backs, loaded room, Tony Mathis, Justin Johnson, Jalen Anderson, C.J. Donaldson, and the aforementioned true freshman Jaheim White, who I'm really excited about. All of those guys are really talented, I think. Uh, if you're asking me who's going to be running back number one, I don't know if there really will be one. I certainly expect it to be by committee. They're probably going to try and get as many of these guys involved as possible. They mentioned playing two running backs was a possibility. It just depends on how they can be a threat in the pass game if they need to split them out and how they can block for one another and block on the perimeter. But they mentioned C.J. Donaldson was doing great at all those things. So if there is a favor to be running back number one, I think we could all agree it's probably C.J. Donaldson. He has the highest ceiling, I think, of any of these running backs but they are all very talented, and any one of them could have a breakout season. But I'm expecting C.J. Donaldson to have a super great season. Wide receiver, right now at the X, I've got Devin Carter and Preston Fox. Uh, like I said, we're going to find out more about these positions the more we get into spring. Once we hit some scrimmages and stuff, I'll be able to move these around. Hopefully, maybe on the next Q&A stream, I'll be able to update this again as we know more. I think the first practice that's open to the media is tomorrow. So who knows? Maybe we'll have some news coming out from that. Maybe I'll drop a video. But if not, next week, either Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever we do the Q&A stream, next week maybe this roster will be updated when we know exactly where everyone's going to fly, fill in on these positions. Uh, but right now i got Devin Carter and Preston Fox at the X-wide receiver position on the outside. I certainly think Devin Carter has a great chance to be West Virginia's kind of go-to receiver on the outside this season at the Y-wide receiver position in the inside. I think Rodney Gallagher is going to start here once he gets on campus. But like I said, for the spring, I think you got Jeremiah Aaron and Grayson Malashevich. Grayson Malashevich is going to be limited in that first week. Juco Jeremiah Aaron, I think, has a good chance to break out this season as well. He's got uh, potential as well. He's quick twitch and speedy himself, and I wouldn't uh, foresee potentially sliding him to start at the H position once Rodney Gallagher is in at the Y or just him and Rodney Gallagher splitting time there. I think they're both kind of quick twitch players that are fast that could play there. And then at the other inside wide receiver position, I think you'll have Deshaun Polk and Davis Mallinger. I think both of those are guys that can help you in the slot and on special teams. Davis Mallinger, who knows, maybe he plays on the outside. They try and get his speed there. But I, I like him in the slot personally. That's where I'm putting him right now. We'll see where he ends up once he gets around to playing in the summer and in fall camp. But he is a here for the spring, of course. He's been here the past two seasons. They've already moved him over to the wide receiver room. They did that in the winter. But he's still recovering from his season engine injury. But Deshaun Polk is certainly, I think, going to be the team's kick returner and punt returner this season. That's the main reason he was added 
from the transfer portal uh, coming over from Kent State. Him and Montre Miller, the defensive back as well, both coming from there. But Deshaun Polk uh, could factor in and get some playing time at receiver as well. Will he start? I don't know. I think Jeremiah Aaron and Rodney Gallagher are going to be the inside receivers that play the most. But I wouldn't rule out seeing uh, Deshaun Polk and Davis Manager get some playing time there. And then at the Z position, Cortez Braham, the other Juco receiver that West Virginia brought in last year. Him and Jeremiah Aaron playing sparingly both last season. Personally, I would have liked to see them play more last season. I think this season they're going to do a bit better. Like I said, those Juco players in their second season tend to come into their own. I've got him and Jarrell Williams as the other outside receivers on the other side at the Z position. Tight end, like I said, it's a deep position for West Virginia. Cole Taylor, I think, will be the tight end one, the biggest pass-catching threat for the Mountaineers. Coming over from LSU, six foot seven, going to give West Virginia some size. They haven't had at that position in quite some time. Traylon Davis, I thought we uh, saw play a bit of a mixed bag, uh, you know, in his role last season, but he really did some good things in the blocking game, and I think he's going to help West Virginia's run game. Victor Wickstrom. I think is a player that can help West Virginia this season. I think he's an athletic tight end. Will Dixon, we saw reclassify, come in early last year. Hopefully, maybe he's ready to play a role. And I mentioned T.J. Johnson a little bit earlier. We'll see how much he can add as a true freshman. But enrolling early and being here for the spring certainly helps his case to be able to get some potential playing time this season. Um, Offensive linemen, like I said, I think some of these are going to move around. Wyatt Milam certainly going to be the starter at left tackle. You also got Charlie Katarinchik and Donovan Beaver. Katarinchik, a redshirt freshman. Left guard, Thomas Remick, I think, will be the starter there. Redshirt sophomore, started the end of the last season for West Virginia. Ended up becoming the third straight true freshman All-American for the Mountaineers. Um, you had two years ago, Zach Frazier, I mean, three years ago, Zach Frazier do it. Two years ago, Wyatt Milam did it. And then last season, Thomas Remick did it when he ended up filling in in the latter portion of the season for James Committer when he decided to retire from football. Then you have Nick Malone there, who I think could contribute. But watch out for Mo Hamilton. He may end up being the actual uh, second one in the two deep there. He's a really big uh, guard that came in last season, redshirted, and is probably ready to contribute now. And I'm actually going to make a couple adjustments here on the fly with some of the things Neil Brown stated in his press conference. I hadn't got a chance to do this yet, but like I said, I think that throughout the spring, as they're saying Zach Frazier is going to be limited, I think we're going to see Brandon Yates get a lot of work at center. They said he's going to play more center and guard this season, whereas Jaquay Hubbard is going to more stick at tackle, and Doug Nestor could bounce out to tackle as well. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, to see Doug Nestor start the season at right tackle. Uh, Last season, I know that in the first game, I'm going to slide Johnny Williams out here. I think he has potential to play tackle, and I need someone there for the – but um, I think Doug Nestor – Neil Brown mentioned him playing some right tackle this season. If you guys remember last season in West Virginia's initial starting five offensive linemen that they brought in – Game one versus Pitt, Doug Nestor did start at right tackle with Jordan White at right guard. Jordan White got hurt in that game, and ever since then, Doug Nestor played right guard, and they kind of bounced back and forth from Brandon Yates and Hubbard at right tackle before ultimately settling on um, uh, Jaquay Hubbard, and this is supposed to be Johnny Williams, actually. But um, I think one of the reasons we could potentially see Doug Nestor back at right tackle is just simply due to the fact that if Nico Markiel ends up the starting quarterback, like I kind of have a feeling that he will, then Doug Nestor at right tackle would be protecting his blind side. You want somebody you really trust there. 
I think they have a lot of trust in Doug Nestor. Not saying they don't trust Jaquay Hubbard, but Doug Nestor is experienced. He's a veteran. He's done a great job since he came over from Virginia Tech, ever, you know, minus the first part of the season when he had that cast on his hand. Ever since then, he did a great job. I'm su- super excited that he came back. West Virginia, you know, with their entire starting li- offensive line from last season intact, essentially, if you go across the board, Wyatt Milam, Thomas Remick, Zach Frazier, Doug Nestor, Jaquay Hubbard. But starting game one, could you see this potential starting lineup? Because I think maybe you could go into Penn State, Wyatt Milam, Thomas Remick, Zach Frazier, Brandon Yates. Doug Nestor, and then Jaquay Hubbard backing him up. That's a possibility. They're working uh, Yates at guard and center uh, this spring, they said. I think we'll see him at center some if they're having Zach Frazier limited. I think if you see Zach Frazier playing, then they slide Yates over to right guard and move Nestor out to right tackle because they're just really trying to get their best five offensive linemen on the field. And I think what it boils down to is are you better with Nestor at right guard and Hubbard at right tackle, or are you better with Yates at right guard and Nestor at right tackle? And it also could, like I said, boil down to is it Nico or Garrett Green, and do you want Doug Nestor protecting that backside? So that's kind of the offense. Uh, Flip it over here on the defense, run down it for a second. Defensive end, right now you got Sean Martin, who Neil Brown mentioned when he was asked about leadership. He thinks Sean Martin has great potential to be a leader of this club. Um, this season, he mentioned three potential leaders, one at each level, Sean Martin at defensive end. And then, of course, we'll talk about the other two momentarily, but they were Lee Coba at the linebacker level. And then in the secondary, Aubrey Burks, who I think is really underrated heading into this season. Also at defensive end, Jalen Thornton, who we mentioned will be limited in spring practice. Torres Simmons, they've moved back to defensive end. He was kind of playing bandit and bouncing back forth there. But Neil Brown mentioned they're going to probably use him at defensive end. And then you got Eric Burton, who came in last year, uh, redshirted, and is now available. Defensive tackle, Eddie V. And Day-Day Hawkins, who I talked about earlier, I think Day-Day Hawkins is underrated. He's coming in from Tennessee State as a transfer. And then Asani Redwood is a guy that a lot of people are really excited about. Just all the sacks he racked up in his senior year of high school, and then he put on a ton of weight before coming to West Virginia. However, unfortunate to see that he's out at the spring for injuries as well, um, expecting him back in the summer. Same with Zakai Lawton, so the bottom two there. Uh, both out for at least a part of the spring. I think Redwood's out for the entire spring. Not sure about Lawton, but Eddie V and Day-Day Hawkins there. And then nose tackle, Mike Lockhart, Hammond Russell. Um, you know, both those guys been around. Michael Lockhart was in a bit more of a reserve role last season. I think he could be counted on to, you know, be more of a mainstay this season. We'll see. And then Fatorma Mulba, don't count him out playing a role in the future. Um, coming over from Penn State, um, I don't know how much of a role he's going to play right away. We'll see, but I certainly think he has the ability to factor in. He's probably the biggest West Virginia has size-wise on that defensive line all around, so uh, maybe even the strongest. We'll see about that. Uh, Braden Dudley there at nose tackle as well. And then at Bandit, like I said earlier, James Hurd's a freshman that I'm probably the most excited about on the defensive side. It's be a toss-up between him and Josiah T- uh, Trotter as far as the freshman I'm most excited about. But Jared Bartlett, apparently, according to Neil Brown, has had a really great offseason, so hopefully that pays off. We've seen him have bright spots in the past. The Virginia Tech game a couple years ago stands out when he had three sacks in that game. Will Linebacker actually... It was mentioned, which I think he could bounce back and forth between the two, but it was mentioned that Lance Dixon is still kind of playing here at Spears. So let me make that change. That came out of uh, 
Jordan Leslie's press conference actually this week uh, that they're working him because the question was asked about who was working at Spear this spring on the Davidson calendar to take over the offensive side. I also have Raleigh Collins and Christian Stokes there. We'll get there momentarily. But Will Linebacker, I think that this is open for somebody to play there. Like I said, Josiah Trotter may potentially play between Will and Mike. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Trey Lathan as West Virginia starting Will Linebacker this season. Highly touted freshman last year, one of the higher-rated recruits that West Virginia bought in, four-star guy. And then Jairo Favaris, one of the international players on West Virginia's roster, could be finally ready to contribute now. But Ben Cutter, like I said, I think he plays this season. I love his potential. He could be a future tackling machine. He just kind of reminds me of those Reed William guys, those Nick Kwiatkowskis that West Virginia's had in the past that really just are ball hawks, have a great nose for the ball. I don't know how much he'll contribute as a true freshman, but I don't think he'll redshirt. I think he'll play this season. just depends on if it's in a mainstay role or a reserve role. Uh, but I think he could factor into that competition there at the wheel linebacker spot. I think that's certainly up for grabs, as is the spear position, if I'm being honest. Um, there is a transfer that we know has committed to West Virginia in the past in Keyshawn Cobb. But for whatever reason, he has not been added to the official roster. He's not been announced in an official announcement by the university. Um, I had heard that he was enrolled at school, so I don't know what the holdup is on the football side uh, for him not to be on the roster, not be officially added yet. So, I guess we're kind of waiting and see on that. Hopefully he's able to factor in because I think that was who was going to be West Virginia's starting spear this season, Keyshawn Cobb, the transfer from Buffalo. But I haven't heard anything personally in regards to that situation. I'm hoping he's still going to be a part of this team. But as it stands right now in the spring, he's not around. But Mike Linebacker, like I said, Lee Coba mentioned as a leader of this team, I think he could have a better season this year at that Mike position. Josiah Trotter and Tyreek Austin Cave behind him there. Tyreek Austin Cave was kind of MIA last year, I think by no fault of his own. This coaching staff, for whatever reason, didn't play him a ton until finally late in the season. But when they did play him, he had great grades on PFF. So I think the potential is there for him. Somebody's going to have to spell Lee Coba in situations. West Virginia a little bit bare, uh, well um, set up to be able to do that this season. Last year was a bit of a toss-up for whatever reason. They were throwing Caden Bizer in there a lot. Nothing against Caden Bizer, the preferred walk-on, but I just thought Tyreek Austin Cave and Trey Lathan were both a little bit more talented, but hopefully they're ready this year to give Tyreek Austin Cave some more playing time. And like I said, Josiah Trotter is a freshman that I think is going to make an impact right away this season. I mentioned Cutter's potential, but Trotter is ready-made more so than Ben Cutter even. I think he's got the bloodline. His father, obviously, Jeremiah Trotter. His uh, brother, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., playing at Clemson already. I wouldn't be surprised to see him either be the guy that spells Lee Coba at Mike and is the second in there at that position or even maybe factor into the position battle here at Will before it's all said and done. Then you got the spear position, West Virginia's kind of hybrid linebacker, safety, nickel corner position. And I think a lot of this is going to be based on fit. Jordan Leslie mentioned as much that they have different body types that can factor in there. When you look at the three I have listed here, you got Lance Dixon, who's more of a linebacker style body. And then Raleigh Collins and Christian Stokes. Stokes more of a safety type body. Collins maybe more of a linebacker hybrid. But also he mentioned you got a guy that, uh, as a nickel corner that, you know, because sometimes the Spear has to play that role. They could play a guy that's more of a corner fit there. So I think a lot of who they play here at the Spear is going to be more based on who they're facing at any given moment on the field, what personnel that team has. 
But um, as it stands right now, I think Lance Dixon is probably going to be the first one you see run out there um, if you're talking about a starter with Spear position. But I think Raleigh Collins has great potential. Christian Stokes, I don't know if he's going to play Spear or not. He might factor in one of the other safety positions. I've got him here right now. Like I said, this roster will change as we learn more once practice is open to the media, once we get some spring scrimmages. Um in the books and stuff like that. But defensive backfield, I'm sure this is what everyone's interested in. It's going to be a battle for these starting cornerback spots. Personally, I think Montre Miller is going to have one of them. That's just my personal opinion. And then I think here on the other side, you're going to have a, a battle between Jacoby Spells, Andrew Wilson-Lamp, and maybe even Malachi Ruffin, who is back. I know last season people probably weren't expecting him to play as much as he did. Early on, he was a bit of a liability. But then late in the season, in a couple of those games, West Virginia won. He was a high-graded defender on PFF, and he made some important plays in those wins, particularly over the Oklahoma school. So I don't factor him out of factoring. I don't factor him out of competing for that starting spot at one of the cornerback spots. Personally, if you're asking me, I think Montre Miller's on one side and it'll either be Wilson Lamp or Spells on the other side. I'd love to see it be Spells. I think he has the highest ceiling. I think the best two corners potential-wise for West Virginia out of these is Montre Miller and Jacoby Spells. But I like Wilson Lamp as well. He's a speedy guy on the team, uh, so he could factor in. I like the potential of the bodies West Virginia has. It's just inexperienced. Um, here, whether it be young guys like Spells and Wilson Lamp um, or Montre Miller, who just has no experience here at the Power 5 level coming from uh, Kent State. Of course, there will be question marks with the players West Virginia brought in from lower levels last season, the defensive backfield not working out too great. But I think Montre Miller is going to be a different story. He has really high grades on PFF. He's never been called for a pass interference penalty in over, I think, 800 snaps, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. It was a ton of snaps. Uh, he's played a ton of football. Never been called for a pass interference penalty. And he has high grades on PFF. And I know you're thinking, oh, he played at a lower level. But Kent State played Georgia last season, and they played him almost better than anyone that played Georgia last season. And Montre Miller held his own against Georgia and against other Power 5 teams that he was matched up with, had great grades in those games. And he's a lot faster than the other corners West Virginia brought in last season. So I like Montre Miller. Um, I think he's going to be a good addition. Free safety right now I have Burks and Hershey McLaurin, but I'm not ruling out one of these two sliding a cat and those two being the starting safeties because – I think both those had really bright spots last season. Hershey McLaurin came on at the end, as did Burks. But I think Burks, if you go back and look, was one of the highest-graded defenders on West Virginia's team. I believe he's the highest-graded returning defender we have. And he was also, according to PFF, the highest-graded safety in the entire conference. So I think Burks is underrated. Neil Brown mentioned him having leadership capabilities among the secondary, um, and then at catch, you have Marcus Floyd and Caleb Coleman back there. Kicker, I think it's going to be a competition between Michael Hayes, who West Virginia brought in from Georgia State. Um, I think certainly Michael Hayes is going to be our kickoff specialist. As far as place kicking duties, him and Danny King, I think are going to compete there. Both have strong legs. And then at punter, we got Oliver Straw um, coming into his second season, coming from Australia. So that's the roster as it stands in spring. As you see, there's still some holes there. West Virginia is looking to fill. Let me uh, get back with you guys on the regular camera here. But there's still some holes West Virginia's looking to fill. Neil Brown even mentioned they have uh, scholarships left that they're going to use um, following the the spring, of course, the next transfer portal window, opening up in May, and they're going to add some more players. I think he mentioned uh, defensive line they'd like to add. 
uh, secondary potentially they'd like to add, and maybe even one more wide receiver. So you're going to add more transfers to this team that can maybe fill some of the holes. And then, like I said, let's not discount the freshmen that are coming in the fall. Some of those may play. Traylon Ray's a four-star wide receiver. And then, of course, Rodney Gallagher we know is going to play. Um, just depends on how much. But uh, definitely appreciate you guys tuning in uh, to this one. Been an awesome stream with you guys. Ran through the roster, ran through – uh, you know, the early enrollees, spring football kicking off, gave you guys some of the things I'm looking forward to. Appreciate you guys sharing some of the things you're looking forward to as well. And I hope you guys that tuned into this one live uh, return next week and uh, chat with me some more about W Football Live next week. If you're tuning into this on a playback and you missed this first one, hopefully that uh, gives you the encouragement to get a chance to hop in live next week. And I'll catch you in here live next week on the live chat. But either way, whether you're in here live on a playback, drop a like on the video before you head out and uh, drop your thoughts in the comments if you didn't get to tune in here live next week. And if you want to be in here live where we can chat more directly and interact with you guys, like I said, another one coming up next week as we continue to uh, increase our WU football content here. Now that spring practice has begun, it'll be in full effect, just like it is in the fall for the ongoing next month of spring football practice, culminating with the spring game there on April 22nd. So looking forward to a fun spring practice season for West Virginia. A lot of storylines we'll have to talk about. New look offense, new coordinator, new quarterbacks, a lot of new pieces all around. Super excited to see how it all turns out and excited about to talk about it with you guys all along the way here Appreciate the interaction as we continue to try and grow the Country Roads webcast community throughout Mountaineer Nation. As always, I'm Jordan Cruz, and until next time, let's go Mountaineer. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...